Welcome to episode 52 of Everything with Evan. I'm your host, Evan. And I'm your co-host, Evan Garwood. We talk about the holiday in sports, and of course the past week, and I know it's been a while since I've been, I was under the schedule. I was scheduled with the matches, but now we're back. The new schedule is posting Tuesdays and Saturdays instead of Mondays and Fridays, just so that our I don't know what happened. They look like one of the best teams at the beginning of the season. But then things fell apart at the end of the season, and then it led into the playoffs where they got smacked. Yep. And I'll take this opportunity. If you follow our podcast Twitter, Everything Sports with Amon and Evan, you would have seen that I said, oh, wow, the Bulls can pull it off when Chris Middleton got injured. And now... Now that Chris Middleton's actually injured, the Bucks are like really good. Like they clamped down the Bulls. They just needed that game to to lose and then recalibrate and then smack the Bulls. Like the Bulls essentially were technically in the lead after one one because you negated home court, and now. You don't even win a game when you're on your own home court. That doesn't make any any sense to me because they got, like, wrecked by, like, 20, 30 points in both games. And DeMar DeRozan was playing. DeMar DeRozan is still the most underrated superstar, in my opinion. But it's starting to make me rethink my feelings about DeMar DeRozan, I, I know it wasn't a legacy thing or whatever for him. It wasn't really any pressure. And it was just doing – the Bulls have done well getting to the playoffs. And now Zach Levine – there's a chance Zach Levine actually leaves. Like DeJounte Murray's posting pictures about him uh, in a Spurs jersey. There's – Lakers rumors, and I hope it doesn't happen, but I think Levine stays with Chicago because once they running run it back with Lonzo Ball and Caruso healthy and pairing with DeMar DeRozan, I think they'll do better because Lonzo and Caruso were big parts of that team. But, I mean, now let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks. How far do you think? Do you think they can beat the Celtics – without Chris Middleton? Well, after that game one, I feel like they definitely can. But with the way that they're playing so far tonight, Giannis only with two points, I believe, right now. Uh, it can go either way. And obviously having Chris Middleton out will hurt them. But if 
the Bucks, or sorry, if the Celtics can somehow keep Giannis bottled up like they are right now, it should be a fairly easy series for them. But if Giannis has the game that he did last night or two nights ago, then it'll be a very, very fun series, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it, Giannis had his 24-point triple-double, but it wasn't like a Giannis – it wasn't Giannis stats that we're used to seeing. He was like nine for 25 or something like that. So, I mean, triple-double is a triple-double. It's still, like, crazy just thinking about it. But, I mean, right now, as we speak, the Boston Celtics are leading them 44 to 29. And Jalen Brown is on fire with 20 points, seven of eight from the field, four for four from three, two, two from the free throw line. If this this is already a very entertaining series, I do think if we're talking about the Warriors or Suns in the NBA Finals, I do think Milwaukee will be the tougher team to beat because when it's the NBA Finals, when it's the NBA playoffs, I feel like experience is where you actually get the advantage. On the Warrior side, obviously you got Steph Clay, Draymond, and Iguodala. In the all in the finals together, and then on the Suns side, they've been to the finals, and we could get a Suns Bucks rematch. But I think my Miami, Miami will definitely beat Philly, but I don't think they can make the finals like entertaining per se because I feel like that we beat the Warriors beat Miami. Without Steph, Clay, Draymond, and everyone else, and then beat them again. They sw- regular season's different, but now that you have the Warriors' big three, they're beating teams that beat them in the regular season. For example, the Denver Nuggets three won us during the regular season, and the Warriors didn't have their big three playing. Memphis three won us during the regular season, and now it's looking like. Game one was ours, and game two, I feel like there's a chance it could be ours again. Because even then, Draymond Green didn't play in a half after a questionable call. And I feel like if Draymond plays a full half, good luck, Memphis. And what do you think about the Draymond Green ejection? Yeah, uh, I do see why they called it a flagrant two. Uh, but I personally didn't think it deserved to be a flagrant too, especially with some of the calls that we've seen so far in the NBA playoffs. Uh, obviously, yesterday we saw – I forgot who it was. But, Jay Crowder kicked Luka. Yeah, Jay, Jay Crowder. I don't know spot. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah, we saw that yesterday, and we've seen before that Draymond has gotten – First Paul on two Jose Alvarado, so. too, now that I met down that we're on the top in the first round, kicked him in the no-no spot. And both of them got assessed flagrant one. Like, continue. Exactly. Like, the calls have been very, very interesting. And, I mean, it is what it is. The Warriors won the game anyway. But the refs need to do a better job. There was way too many fouls in that game. Foul calls were, were obviously not what they should have been. And it it really affected the game. Uh, I feel like the game would have been way more fun if it wasn't for all those fouls. But it's still going to be a fun series either way. 
I mean, the joke was like the referees were clearly on Memphis's side, and it's not just a Warriors fan. I feel like Memphis Grizzlies fans know that the refs were on their side throughout the entire game. But I mean, like Evan said, a win is a win, and that's all you need in the playoffs. Doesn't matter how, you just need the win. And as we speak, the Bucks are still struggling, but what do you think if the Warriors win today, do you think the Warriors can pull off a sweep? Oof. Uh, I, I, if they win today, I don't think they'll get a sweep. Uh, I think that the Grizzlies are going to steal a game. A team that just has way too much power, way too much uh, firepower, and eventually the Warriors are going to have one of those games where they're a little bit off, and the Grizzlies will capitalize, and John Moran will go off, Jaron Jackson will go off. I mean, we saw how good that that team can be if everyone is hitting on all cylinders. Uh, we had John Morant and Jaron Jackson both hitting threes, and then if you have Stephen Adams there to get all those rebounds that they couldn't get in Game One. And then you have Desmond Bain hitting his threes as well. That team is very, very scary, and I think they will steal a game. But, I mean, the Warriors are completely different than the Timberwolves, and I feel like they will – they could sweep Memphis if they win today because what's different is the first two games are Warriors road games. And in recent memory, the Warriors have done awfully well when they play at home in the playoffs. And I just think that even though Desmond Bain, I think it was, Dylan Brooks, they missed shots. Part of it was they were just missing good shots and shooting bad shots. I do think this is where the Warriors shine, their defense. Curry had that clutch strip on John Morant, and then obviously Klay Thompson redeemed himself after the two missed free throws with the contest on John Moran at the end of the game. So the Warriors have championship DNA in them. And I do think they can sweep Memphis if they win today. But even if it's a sweep for the Warriors, uh, it's going to be entertaining either way, like Evan said. So, I mean, now let's pivot Back to the East, Miami, Philly, like Philadelphia traded for a James Harden. I tried to not keep these podcast episodes because that's the goal of our podcast and not make it opinionated. But I feel like in this case, This is a shared opinion amongst all NBA fans, like a shared thought. Philadelphia has traded for a James Harden who is falling out of his prime. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. Uh, He has not shown up in the playoffs like you'd expect him to. He only only averaged 19 points, I think, uh, so far in this postseason. And that is not where you want him to be, especially when you have Embiid out. You need him to be that star that he was in Houston. You need him to average 30 points a game or something like that. 
if you want to win, if you want to win a championship, and he's not doing that right now. So there's zero chance that they're going to beat the Heat if he doesn't turn it up. And I mean, again, you guys should follow our Twitter because we live tweet during the games. I don't know if I tweeted this or it was in an episode. I forget, but. This is where depth matters more than just pairing two superstars. And I was listening to J.J. Reddick's podcast with Joel Embiid, I think it was, where it's like, in order to win a championship, you have to have two of the best players in the league. And I don't think that's necessarily true, because if you have one star and then a lot of decent to good role players, I feel like that's when you get chemistry with one another and that's when you win games. You have to have that one top player and then a couple of good guys and then decent to good role players because they will get chemistry. The egos will not be there. And now when Joel Embiid is injured, I'm, is it was it just game one or is it both game one and two? Do you know? One and two. One and two. So we'll see what happens. Miami was without Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler returned. Tyler Hero, six man of the year. I'm not we're not gonna talk about it because I feel like that was the most obvious choice when the finalists got announced. But still. James Harden is becoming more of a facilitator. And Tyrese Maxey is on the rise. And like I said in the previous episode when the finalists got announced, my, I mean, I have no problem DeJounte Murray and Darius Garland, but my most improved player, player finalist would be Poole, Miles Bridges, and then Tyrese Maxey, but now, when you got Tyrese Maxey on the rise scoring, you also need to help him. And James Harden's trying to assist more and try to still be effective. But the Houston James Harden dropping 30 points, 40 points on a nightly basis, as annoying as it was to see as a Warriors fan, biases aside, James Harden was one of the best guards in the league and I'm not sure you can call him that with the way he's playing seriously like Jordan Poole is a better point guard right now than James Harden in the playoffs just take the playoffs you can't argue with me because Poole's had a breakout playoff game playoff series not playoff series just the playoffs in general first playoffs and he's breaking out Yes, he's a young player. Yes, he's got more um, pops than James Harden. But James Harden has to step up because you're the second superstar on your team. And honestly, with the way Ben Simmons' situation is going in Brooklyn and the way James Harden is playing in Philly, I don't know if it's too early to make this conclusion, but this might be the first lose-lose trade in recent memory. What do you think about the Brooklyn-Philly trade? Uh, well, it's, I definitely think it is a lose-lose trade at the moment, but 
with all the rumors we've seen with guys like Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell possibly being on, being on a trade block, and them having a still valuable piece in Ben Simmons, that they could turn that lose-lose trade into a win for them uh, and get that they can get the defensive center that they needed in Gobert or get another star in Donovan Mitchell. So it's still yet to be seen, but at the moment I do agree that it is a lose-lose trade. You have Ben Simmons who hasn't played a game still. It hasn't, well, it won't play a game obviously this season anymore. And then you have Harden who's been like average at best. And I feel like with this trade, you gave up Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and wasn't there a third player? Seth Curry, Andre Drummond. I don't know who I'm forgetting. Um, but Seth Curry and Andre Drummond are your are your rotation players, rotational players, role players that are valuable to your team. And now when one superstar is out, it affects the team. And this is where chemistry matters more than just having two superstars. This one depth matters more than just having two superstars. I feel like chemistry and depth amongst your players is more important than just having superstars on your team because their egos will clash and it won't be good for your team. So, I mean, Evan, you think the Sixers are going to lose the series, right? Yeah, they're definitely going to lose the series. Yeah, same here. So, if Dallas wins tomorrow, do you think they can upset the Suns, especially with Luka's masterclass in a loss? Yeah, I definitely think they do. They can beat the Suns. Uh, if you have Luca putting on a masterclass like he always does, and you have the other, the rest of the players hitting like Jalen Brunson, like Spencer Dinwiddie, Max Kleber, Dwight Powell, all of them. If you have all of them hitting uh, like usual, they can easily pull off an upset. And but it's it's gonna take a lot. Luca, like you said yesterday, Luca had an amazing game, but they still lost. And he's gonna have the role players are gonna have to step up for them to win that series. And we haven't seen that enough this season for me to feel confident that they will, in fact, win the series. But it definitely could happen. Yeah. And this is where I was watching, I think, first take or some show on ESPN. As horrible as their takes are, I will say one of them said, I think it was Kendrick Perkins. I like Kendrick Perkins' analysis of games. Role at home, role players in the playoffs are the ones who step up the most. And to your point, role players are very important. And it shows you that chemistry and depth is more important. Because if you don't have capable role players, then you're not going to do well. Like, take Brooklyn, for example. Take Philly, even though they weren't at home. If they had a decent role player, like a Seth Curry, for example, things would have been different. Things would have been way different. Like, I would have put Tobias Harris in the trade somehow because, honestly, Tobias Harris hasn't been himself since the James Harden trade because Tyrese Maxey is now 
breaking out with James Harden. So I don't think Tobias has been himself recently. So I think Brooklyn should have asked for him instead of Seth Curry. And that may have been more of a win-win deal. But I mean, it's in the past now. And but Luca's masterclass, he was like 15 for 30, 45 points. Like, dude was on fire. And they ended up losing by seven points. They were down, like, pretty much all game long. So, like, it's – we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I agree with you that the Mavericks could – pull it off if they win tomorrow. And with that, that will wrap up episode 52 of Everything Sports with Aman and Evan. Remember, our new schedule is Tuesday and Saturday. And make sure to follow our Twitter because we live post or live tweet during each NBA game. Have a great week and see you on Saturday.